About four weeks ago, I had called Roger and I said, hey, I'm going to be on stage interviewing Darren, talking about you know, these questions and going through Darren's life. Do you have a song that you could perform for us? And he goes, yeah, let me think about it. Calls me back the next day. He goes, I got you. He goes, I'm going to write one. So that's a Roger special right there that he just wrote. We have been in the sermon series, The God of Power, looking at work and work ethic and hope and community and obedience and something we've been going through all summer. And so when Pastor Mac asked me to speak this Sunday, one, I was excited. I like digging into these topics. I like discussing and looking at these areas of life. Two, I knew exactly who I was going to ask to be on stage with me. See, I love hearing about people's stories. I want to dig in. I want to understand how they set their goals, how they accomplish and manage failures and the challenges of life and the journeys that they've been given and how they manage those opportunities, what drives them, their obedience, their discipline, their accountability. And so for me to dig into those topics today with a special guest is great. But let's use two examples. I love uh, Thomas Edison, 1,000 experiments. His thousand and first was the light bulb. First thousand, all failed. How many of us would have given up after 10? I had a science teacher that told me never to do one and just stick to numbers. Tom Brady, drafted 199th overall. Scouts and coaches said, didn't have the body for it, didn't have the arm, wasn't, didn't have the speed. The mental game wasn't there compared to the others that were drafted. What did he do in his discipline and his drive and his determination go, oh yeah, watch this. See, I believe all that happens within 18 inches. That happens between the head and the heart. Our ability to control what is given to us, to manage through life's challenges, to set goals and say, hey, I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna differentiate myself in whatever field or whatever thing that I'm trying to go and accomplish. I think Roger summed it up well though. Within those 18 inches, you gotta have love. You gotta love what you do. Brady loved throwing the football. If he didn't, he wouldn't have done what he accomplished. Our special guest today, I've gotten to know over the last two years in some business ventures that I'm involved in. He was drafted 37th overall by, I'll say, our Dallas Cowboys, even though I'm Canadian. Five time. Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, three-time Super Bowl champion. I believe he's on the doorstep of the Hall of Fame, hopefully this year. LHC, can you stand and give a warm welcome to number 28, Darren Woodson. Go. Like that, two eight. Two Love eight. that. So are we cowboy fans in here? Because there wasn't a roar. I didn't, he mentioned cowboys, and no one. There wasn't a clap. Uh, well, yeah, I, it was not me. Smattering, you know. yeah. Yes, yeah. that's yeah. tough. All right, so I'm going to take you back. I'm going to take you back to Toronto, Canada, fifth grade uh, speech competition. And back then, the uh, Buffalo Bills were probably our closest team, but we yeah. hated Buffalo because of more hockey. So I watched the Dallas Cowboys. They were on every Sunday, no matter what. Tell the truth, you weren't a 
Bills fan. You, I wasn't a Bills okay. fan. Right. No, no I was not. Dad's Dolphin fan. You know, I just, I picked the winning team. It, yeah. Right? Yeah. So back in the 90s. So grade five, write my speech in the speech competition about the dominance and determination and the drive of the Dallas Cowboys. Not just offense, defense players. You know, I'm going, I'm set up to win. Right. My buddy Jeff Ham writes about the life of a tree. And this life of the tree speech wins. <laughs> So I'm just saying, if I knew you 30 years ago, yeah. I would have won that you thing. Probably. I would have won that I'm thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, I should. The life of the tree must have been special. Well, yeah. I remember we talked about a dog, peanut, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, anyways. All right, let's go back to the beginning. Born and raised, Phoenix. Yeah. Born and raised, uh, Arthur Woodson. Yeah. Freddie Luke. Mm -hmm. But raised by Freddie Luke, your mom. Right. Youngest of four siblings. Mm -hmm. All right, so tell us about those early days. Uh, early days were, you know, I was a project kid from Henson Projects on the west side of Phoenix. And then we moved to further west to the Maryville area. Uh, you just said that my mother raised us, single, single mom. My father wasn't really in my life. Um, and my mom had, uh, and it was four of us. And my sister, Monica, and I got to give Monica, she's seven years my senior. Uh, she and my mom did a great job of putting us in the right positions. My mom had a process, and she, she, she'll tell you today, it was yeah. a process, right? And the process was every single day, we knew what we had Monday through Friday during the school year. You get up in the morning, you go to church. Church is right across the street. It's called uh, uh, Pilgrim's Rest, right across the street. We catch the bus, the school bus. School bus takes us to, to school. After school, you better be on that bus. <laughs> we get on that bus, we go back, get dropped off at, at, the, at the church, had an after-school program for about an hour and a half, and then we went to the YMCA. My mom worked two jobs. And she worked her first job in Maricopa County for 42 years and a second job at the Elks Lodge for 38 years. Yeah. And that was her process to keep us out of trouble, to keep us off the streets. Because again, idle hands, yeah. That's the devil's workshop. So she understood. Here's the process. This is what you're going to do. You, you will not deviate from the process. And back then, I don't know if you guys grew up, but my mom used to have a belt. Like, <laughs> like a, a my real mom's sitting belt. down there. I'm going, I don't know. Yeah. Not. Like an actual real belt. Yeah. That would, and, and shoes that she would threaten your life and throw shoes at you. And yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I was afraid of my mom, so I made sure we didn't deviate yeah. from that process. Uh, that's, now, growing up back then, you obviously, the community that you grew up in had it, probably its challenges, as all communities do. Yeah. Walk me through where some of those opportunities for you to choose the right path, or maybe some of those, you know, paths that yeah. you I mean, wanted the, to the, stay away the, from. The easy road was to go down the, the gangs and the drugs, and the, because it was... It was prevalent and it was right there for you, right? Yeah. So my best friend, and, and he didn't care me telling the story, but my best friend that I grew up with from day one, like from, we were, were born a month and a half apart, we lived right next to each other in the projects, and up until to, to this day, he's still my best friend. But uh, you talk about getting caught in the life of fast money. He had his mother and father, who yeah. his father was a mentor of mine growing up, uh, he had the, fam the right family structure. Most of us in the projects didn't have a mother and father. It was usually their mom or grandmother raising, uh, raising them. 
But he had the perfect family home, and he still deviated from, from that process. So he goes into high school his freshman year. Sophomore year, he starts to drug, do, yeah. you know, deal drugs, get involved with gangs. My life, even as my best friend, I couldn't go that direction because, first of all, I was afraid of my mom, <laughs> right? <laughs> that belt that, and those shoes, the, the yeah. belt and the shoes, yeah. right? I was afraid of her. But I was, I was in a situation in my life where I was present. And, and, and I say that in a way to where I, I'm seriously, I was seriously understanding where I was in that moment at 15, 16, that I knew what I wanted to do. I know I wanted to get out of the circumstances that I was in. And I knew what he was doing was short-lived. Yeah. Quick money that will lead you down to the penitentiary. Period. Period. You're going to get caught mm. at some point. And that wasn't in my mind. I didn't want to go to jail, one, because yeah. I was afraid of, of that and my mom again. But, <laughs> but not only that, I knew that I wanted to go on and go to college I knew I wanted to take my, myself and my family out of the circumstances we were in. And because I was present, I stayed to the game plan. Mm. The game plan was go to school, get out of school, go to Arizona State, and then hopefully it was to go on into the NFL, and that dream finally came true. Yeah. And Keith went, obviously, Keith went the that. opposite direction. Keith went to prison for 26 years. Yeah. Yeah. And that was by choice. He made the choice and the decision to go after quick money. And again, some of the, and there's a lot of kids in here I, that I see, some of the decisions that you make at a young age will impact you for the rest of your life. You hear me? Some of the mistakes that you make at this age, at a young age, will impact you for the rest of your life. And it was obvious the road that he, that path that he was going down was going to be a huge impact. And again, still my best friend, uh, talked to him every Tuesday while he was in prison. Yeah. This is the same guy who's an athlete just like myself, just as talented as I was in, in sports all, all the way across the board that chose a path. Mm. And he never saw me play. His favorite team was the Dallas Cowboys. Mine was the Pittsburgh Steelers growing up. I was just <laughs> being, I'm just being honest. <laughs> and here I go. I get drafted to his favorite team. He's never seen me play, never saw me play a, a But day. every Tuesday for 26 years. Every Tuesday, I get, a, one, I get a call every Tuesday, and I'm picking up. That's so good. And that was him. Yeah, love it. All right, so football. Yep. But probably multiple sports. Where did those start to come into your life? Obviously, YMCA after yeah. church program, after school, but where did you start to pick up that Early, area? I was the youngest of, of four. I had two older brothers, and I was the punching bag for a, <laughs> lo, for a lot of those years. And in the process, you just mentioned YMCA. If the ball rolled, we played it. <laughs> you played hockey. Uh, yeah, I played You're hockey. You're a hockey yeah. guy, so he had a puck. See, the, doesn't the count. difference, the talent to be on ice with skates. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Anywho, yeah. uh, the, look, we just played all the sports that were available to us, you know, from football, basketball, baseball. That was the, the, yeah. the norm. But, you know, we played ping pong, and we were really competitive at a, as a young age. And as I grew up, you know, I thought I was going to be maybe a basketball player, but I stopped growing after a while. And, and as you know, of a guy who's playing a guard, I, was, I couldn't handle the ball anyway, right, yeah. really. <laughs> but all those guys were like, 
five inches taller than I am, so that stopped. And then I couldn't hit a curveball in baseball. And that sucked. <laughs> that I couldn't hit a curveball. But that stopped me from playing baseball. But football was natural. It was, it, it came, it became, it was really easy for me. And I loved it. I didn't care. It was, it was in Phoenix, Arizona. And as you all know, it's 114 degrees mm. probably today. And I was one of those kids that was 114. I had a helmet on, my pants, and I loved every moment of it. Love it. Every moment of it. Even through high school, college, to the pros, to the day I retired, I was passionate about that game. I, yeah. It just, it meant so much to me growing up. And in high school, did you struggle? I'll say when I was playing hockey, maybe I struggled with school academics. What was yeah. that balance for you? Oh, it's terrible in school. No, I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, I, I talk about being present, but I wasn't present in school. I was present in, no, I'm serious. I was, I was, there was, as a student athlete, I was an athlete student. I flipped it around. Um, and it held me back. Honestly, it held me back my first year in college because I made the mistake of not doing what was right in class uh, in, in high school. And my, it came up to my senior year, and I'm getting recruited across the country. And all of a sudden... I can't go and play my freshman year because my grades weren't right. And they, yeah. they, back then they called it a Prop 48. So my first year at Arizona State, I had to sit out my entire year, my freshman year. No football, couldn't be around the, the academic program, and I became a student athlete. And I'm telling you, that changed my life. That's the moment that okay, changed my yeah. life. It really did because it was the first time I was a, away from football, and now I was just a student. And I had to get focused. And you realize that it wasn't just, you it, can't just do the one. You had to I do had to do again. both. And Lovey Smith, I don't know if you guys know the Houston Texans, used to be with the Houston Texans. And he was my position coach at Arizona State. He was part of the recruiting process at Arizona State. And every week I had to meet with Lovey Smith. Even though he was still coaching the team, every Thursday I met with him. And he was on me about those grades. <laughs> and I wanted to get back on the field, so I was diligent. I graduated in three and a half years. I go. was that diligent. But again, it took the lesson of taking that what I loved away yeah. to see how much passion I had. All so, right, so let's care, continue on this. For the students in here, whether they're younger, middle school, high school, that discipline, that focus. Yeah. Walk through some of that. I mean, yeah, I know what we said freshman year, you spun that academically, but there are a lot of people that want to go and achieve yeah. beyond, you know, again, whatever field that may be, but very few do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where was your mind? Where was those, what was going on within the 18 inches? Yeah, I, I think, well, here's how I've always looked at it. Everybody talks about there's no I in team, right? You guys have heard that, right? And I'm sure that's been a part of all, all our lives. That's all I ever heard when I was growing up. I think that's, that is furthest from the truth because it starts with you yeah if you want to be a part of a team it starts with you what are you going to bring to the team right so overcoming your own fears are is rule number one and, and overcoming your own fears means overcoming the coward that lives in you because I know we're all tough and you know I played football for 13 years but I'm the biggest coward there is and I've always had to, have had to overcome that coward mm. every single morning and it's the person you look at in the mirror that says I don't want to get up and go work out 
Uh, I want to argue with someone all that, that coward, that you know the one talk, that, that I'm talking about? It says, hey, you know what? You worked out every single day this week. Take the week off or take the day off. Or so-and-so, Betty inside the office has been, you know, she says some things, this and that. Now, you should go argue with her, right? I mean, you know that coward that I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah. It's always negative, 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 negative. You got to get rid of that person. You got to get rid of that one. See, God doesn't bless that. That's not, he doesn't bless the coward. He blesses the warrior. That one that enters the fight, the one that wants more, the one that wants more for his team, the one that wants more for their family, the one that wants more for their spouse, that's who God wants, and that's what God's blessing. So, I, my entire life, today, this morning, I had to get up and catch a flight this morning at 4.30. I know you didn't like the fact that I got <laughs> early morning Made me a little nervous. But <laughs> I had to catch a flight this morning, so guess who had to battle? Yeah. I had to battle that coward early this morning, and it's just been my pride. But I understand my weaknesses. See, a lot of us just don't understand that, that part of our, our lives and that part of our weaknesses that we have to overcome every single day. And it's, you know, you got to put that armor on yeah. and, and accept the challenge. And, and, I'm, and I've always kind of done that um, throughout my life, specifically my freshman year in, high, in college is when it really really mm. transformed me into to who I want to be. Yeah, I love that. I, I think a lot of people don't want to go into the area of figuring out what your weaknesses are. Yeah. I mean, you get married, you'll, you'll find out, right? You'll, yeah. oh, you'll yeah. hear about them. Um, my wife's in here. I'm dead <laughs> after this one. <laughs> uh, but it's so true, right? Like, yeah. And then addressing those. You can't make those perfect, but how do you fill those gaps? How do you stop allowing those to control who you are? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. All right, let's go into the uh, Dallas Cowboy years, my grade five speech here. Uh, 13 years with the Cowboys. Yeah. Obviously a very special run. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just one player, one coach, but it was many of you that came together to create a unique you know, community. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about those days. Uh, it was the first time I was around like that real sense of alpha dog, the alpha dog mentality, um, whether good and bad. And the one thing that was good was that Jimmy Johnson, who was our head coach, knew how to manage a lot of those personalities. We, and we had a ton of different personalities, trust me. Um, and Jimmy did a great job of showing up every day and knowing how to push the buttons, the right buttons. He had a great coaching staff. He managed them from that point. But also with the players in that locker room, he would come down on us and challenges in, in, in some harsh ways. And it was really, you know, the, the one thing I will say about those teams early on in the 90s is that we competed with ourselves in practice. I, you know, people today, I, I, and I see it today, and I, I coach my kids, you know, teams and whatnot, and the parents won't let you really compete. Yeah. Because mom's com complaining about this. Yeah. And it, this goes in the office, office as well. <laughs> in the office as well. It's okay to have healthy competition. Fully agree. Yep. It is okay. We have gotten soft <laughs> with the competition. And I think that's the one thing Jimmy did. It's, you know, we sharpened each other. We yeah. got after a little bit. We made sure he managed it the right way. 
But our jobs were always on the line on Wednesday. We have Wednesday competition days. And if you didn't practice well, you weren't starting on Sunday. And that was the fear that we had. So, you know, you, you got all these alpha dogs. You got really good talent. Competition is really tough during the week. You're sharpening each other up. And Sunday was a celebration. It really was. It was the best time because I felt like, man, we get to hit someone else. <laughs> Outside of ourselves. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so 92, yep. right? You join. How old? 20? 21. 21. I was yep. going to try to give your age away. But um, you win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Year one. How do you go from that dream, all that work, first year to kind of put a perfect bow on the career and then go 12 more years? Mm, yeah. Right? To come out and... Did you have, was there a challenge with ego or a challenge with, I got this now? Oh, yeah. I yeah. don't have to put in the same work or effort. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. When you, when you, I didn't know any better. So I come in at, in, I'm 21 years old, 1992. I come into the league. We go to the Super Bowl. And I thought, man, this is easy. <laughs> and then we go back the next year. We go right back to the Super Bowl Was that again. the Bills back-to-back? -back? Bills the back-to-back. -back. Yeah. That's what I was asking if you were. Yeah, no, was, it was, oh. well. <laughs> I've got but their anyway, underwear on, yeah. but yeah. I was no. about to just, just <laughs> really. But anyway, so we go back to back, and I just felt like, okay, this is how the norm. And then we run into, in 93 or 94, we end up losing in the NFC Championship. And it was kind of the first time that, uh, well, I'll go back. We win 92, we win 93, and then Jerry Jones gets involved and fires the head coach, which was ridiculous. Like, who, the guy just won two back-to-back -back championships, and you fire him? Yeah. So that was, that was the first headwind that we had, and things kind of just fell off after that. Leadership wasn't the same. Jimmy wasn't the guy anymore. We had a new coach. The system was different. Uh, guys didn't buy into it anymore, and then you started to see us get chipped away, slowly but surely. Mm -hmm. The locker room started to change. The attitude, guys were late for meetings, were going unpunished. There was, we weren't policing ourselves the, the same way, nor was the organization, nor was the yeah. head coach. And then in 95, we find a way to get back in the Super Bowl and win that against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but it went from, we started to see in 94, 95, we were, I always say in 95, the league just wasn't that good. <laughs> I don't know how we got, I'm yeah. serious. The yeah. league, we weren't the, the league wasn't that good. So, 96, we started to go down, down, down. And I went from being a Super Bowl champion three out of four years to a team later in my career in the late 90s that went 5 and 11 three straight years. And let me tell you, that was the, you want to test someone's medal? That yeah. was the, that by far was the hardest time of my career because I started to doubt self at times. Mm. Uh, my leadership capabilities, and and it, I, I think it made, it made those three years made me stronger than I ever could have imagined. Yeah, I had yeah, to go. God yeah. had to put me through those years. Yeah, I love that. All right, uh, so but I'm still blaming Jerry for that. Not still, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. It is different. I mean, most of us are living like I think I'm just getting into the prime of my career. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You hit a lot of that yeah. day one. Um, all right, let's talk to the parents in the uh, in the building. Because you have four kids. You have three mm -hmm. older in the 20s, yeah. one seven-year-old. 
that grit, focus, discipline, how have you passed that on? How have you tried to pass that on? Yeah. Um, look, I, 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 I can tell you, I, I've never, I haven't been perfect as a parent at, at all. I've, and, and I've made a ton of mistakes. Uh, I think my biggest mistake, if that's the question you're asking, what am I, I can tell you what my biggest mistake has been. My biggest mistake as a parent is that I've always, you know, I, I wanted to be their best friend. I just want to be their best friend. I always want to be there. I want to, you know, cheer them on. Everything's going to be okay. Enable them. Mm. Give them things. Because I came from a place where no one gave me anything. And I didn't want my kids to go through what I went through, right? I didn't want them to struggle and go through these experiences. Dad's done pretty good. Let's, you know, let's go on vacation. Oh, you got a job, but you don't want to work today? Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. We'll be fine. That's right? how you're letting the kids get away with everything. Yeah. I was letting them get away with everything because I was coddling, coddling, coddling. And then my 22-year-old now, I went through a process with him. And it was the first time I learned, I really learned. So my son, Jaden, played baseball, really good baseball player. Why he played baseball, I have no idea. He should have stuck with football. He could hit the curveball. He, he could hit the curveball, right? <laughs> But anyway, he's playing at the highest of highest levels, club baseball, USA baseball, you name it. And I'm cheering him on every game. He's hitting home runs, and I'm cheering him on. Similar to me, his grades fell off, and I'm still cheering him on in the baseball world instead of being a father. So I'm cheering him on. He's struggling with his grades. And long story short, he falls off on the baseball side. His grades aren't there anymore. He gets dropped by the University of Texas, and he has to go somewhere else. Long story, but in that process, I learned that as a father, I am not their friend. I shouldn't be their friend. It's okay to cheer them on Mm. and support them, but I should be a father. And it took me that to go through that process and to watch him because it broke his heart when he couldn't go to the University of Texas. It really did. Yeah. But I'm thinking about this going, I'm the cause. You allowed. I enabled, enabled this. Yeah. I had every resource to give to him to be a better student. If I was just being a father, I could have provided those resources, pulled, maybe pulled mm. him out of the baseball, right? Mm. That's probably what a father should do. Pull him out of baseball and say, get your grades right. Get your grades right, you get baseball back. And I didn't do those things. Yeah. I was too busy cheering them on. And like, if I had one piece of advice for anyone, don't be your kid's best friends. And I think that's a, I'm debating going here, but growing up in Canada with hockey and then thinking, hoping that I was going to take it somewhere, coming down here, having two kids in sports here, yeah. I've never seen sports oh. like Texas. Yeah. Right? It's different. And so yeah, it's different. It's different. And, yeah. and, and hey, I'm from Arizona. I'm from Phoenix. I've never seen sports like yeah. this before. Yeah. So what you are saying probably may be hitting some of us in the face going, I bet the amount of people that go, my kid's going to get a scholarship. They're oh, going, man, it's tough. Right? Like, but their times? focus is a lot of sport here. Yes. Not to say that they're not pushing the academics, but that balance is not probably easy, at least from where I'm sitting. Yeah, it's tough. A lot of people live in the dream. Yeah, the kids. They, they're living their kids' dreams. Living the Right? Yeah, and I, again, I've been there. I couldn't play baseball, so I lived through my son. Um, and look, I, 
it is so hard to get to that next level. Yeah. I, honestly, I, I coach, I've coached my, my kids throughout the years, and I've watched really good kids come up, and they're really good players, and then they burn out because mom and dad are just pushing them so hard, lessons after lesson after lesson, coaches and arguing with the coaches, parents getting involved. It's just, look, let your kids find their passion. Yeah. Let them have a good time doing it. I remember having a good time. My mom never pressured me. My brothers never pressured me. They knew I had a passion, and I followed that passion. But, you know, they're going to figure it out. Yeah. Just guide them along. But if you're thinking that your son or your daughter is going to be the next, you know, Michael Phelps or, or whomever, I, it's just let them be, let them live their lives. My daughter may be a little upset with you over there Not for that, that one. Yeah. Michael Phelps, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. She was a swimmer. Yeah. She is. She is. All right, so... 13 years, 14 years at ESPN, yeah. and then obviously successful in the business world too. Walk us through where God mm. has obviously carried you through yeah. this, and, and where is that in your daily activities? It's every day. In that man. relationship. Mike, it's every single day. You know, I watched my mother raise four kids, and I watched her on her knees. There ain't nothing like a praying mom. Mm. There is nothing like a praying mom. <laughs> And I watched her on her knees crying, just thanking the Lord for his goodness and his kindness and all. And I've, again, I grew up in the church, so similar, I'm on my knees every day. And earlier, I'm crying in the earlier service today, but it was it, because it just, it just brings so much, so many memories to, to my life and how God has been there to support me through every situation. When you think he's not, he's right there. So my, my routine every day, Mike, I get up every day, and I go to my closet. I got a little prayer closet. Mm. My wife doesn't bother me. My kids don't bother me when I'm in there. And that's usually about 527 every day, every morning. 527. 527. All right. A, every morning. And I'm on my knees, and I give thanks. Yeah. And it starts my day. And then I go look at the coward that I mentioned. I go look in the, in the mirror, and I look at the coward. And I chatter all day long. <laughs> and I'm like, do you, do, am I the only one that talks to themselves? <laughs> no, seriously, am I the only one? Uh, Mike, do, no, you, talk I, to, yeah, Mike, do yeah. you talk to yourself? Oh, yeah. Seriously. I, I struggle with No, that. no, tell the truth. Do you talk to yourself? Yeah, my mind's going. My mind, yes, yeah. and I'm talking. Yeah. yeah. So I'm the guy driving down the street. Yeah. And people are looking at me like, <laughs> and I'm talking. Yeah, so I'm, I'm talking to God. I'm talking to myself. I'm always trying to convince myself. Of things that you know, and, and it's through it's just through this chatter, and it's through the conversations with God and how He's talking to me. And you know, uh, Pastor Max said earlier how God talk, I was backstage. Pastor Max said God talks to me differently, and He says, you know, He calls me an idiot, and I'm like, that's the same God that I know. He calls me, <laughs> He calls me an idiot as well. But yeah. it is a legitimate conversation because I need the reassurance. I, that's the relationship that I have with my Lord and Savior. It is not just this deity that's up there. And, and it is right here next to me, and we're having, we are actually having conversations yeah. about things. So that's, that's how I've gone about my day-to-day -day, um, lifestyle, and, I, and my kids see it, and hopefully it rubs, I know it's rubbed off on my oldest, but I hope my other ones, hope it rubs off on them as well. Yeah, that's so good. Well, we met a few years ago, and I can tell you that first time that we met, we stepped out of a meeting randomly together, and I sat there and I went, well, you've had careers, yeah. right? 
I've the had first transitions. Transitions, yes. yes. Yeah. That you could have probably hang the hat, hat and then walked off into the sunset, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And what amazes me by getting to know you over the last few years, and you hopefully have seen it a little bit this morning, is who you are. Mm-hmm. You just, you got to go. Yeah. You're always on the go. The passion's always there. God's always the primary focus yes. in everything you do. But you just don't stop. No, I want more. I want more, man. I want to, I mean, there's, there's some fights that I want. Hmm. Uh, um, if I, I got guys in my office that say, you, you're going to die on some hills. And I say, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die on some hills. Yeah. Uh, and I, but I'm ready for the fight. You know, Education has been big in my life, my entire life, because I struggled uh, coming out of high school. And I wasn't focused on education and the experiences that I've had with my own kids. I think every kid should have a great education yeah. or have the opportunity to have a good education. And that's a lot of your foundation, that focus. That's yeah. why I'm involved with C5 Texas. That's why I'm setting up charter. I'm going to start setting up charter schools uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area because it's, it means something to me. Yeah. See, for the longest time, you know, I talked about the coward, looking in the mirror and looking at the coward every, every morning, every morning, and the coward is like, don't do this, don't do that, and blah, blah, blah. But forever the coward has said to me, don't get involved with charter schools or education. Someone else will deal with that. Someone else will handle that. And it hasn't been until the last year that I've overcome the coward. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm jumping in the arena. I'm going to try to help as many kids get a good education across the board. And that's on me. Yeah. That's my challenge. So I'm looking for fights. And hopefully you guys out there that are in this audience are looking for challenges and fights that you can jump in the arena and get going. Because we don't have enough people that are willing to jump in the arena. Yeah, I love it. There are people that talk about... About. I, <laughs> the Canadian in them. Here comes that Canadian. There it is. Just trying to educate you guys on the English language. Um, <laughs> that say that I will or I could or I should. And yeah. there's people that I do. I did, or you know, I'm doing, I, I'm doing it, yes. right? And you I'm just live it. it, and that is a differentiation. It is. And then set the goals yes. and continue to push and push and push. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I mean, I, I, you know, God gave us this platform, right? Yeah. I mean, He says, "Believe in me, believe," and He's gonna be there for you, right? Why are we afraid? Why are we afraid? Why are, why are, there's someone right now that's 16 years old right now that's afraid of the challenge. Yeah. That's set right there in front of them right now. Maybe it's school. Maybe it's outside of school. I don't, I don't know what it is. But someone in the audience right now has a challenge that's right in front of them. I don't want to play football because of this. I don't want to do this, go to school because of this. Look, or get a higher education. That's the challenge. Go get it. So what you lose? I've been losing all my life. But what you get, you know what? Tomorrow I'm on my knees. And God's gonna lift me right back up and say, go. Yeah. And no one can tell me any differently. No one can tell me. And I, I that's that's what I'm trying to get across to my kids at C5 Texas. Every single day you're in a fight. Put on that shield and go. Yeah. Game on. All right, big warm welcome. Thanking Mr. Darren Woodson. Thank you.
Wow. Woo. Y'all gonna have a seat just for just for a quick, quick second. I have never been happier to not preach in my life. My goodness, what an amazing, amazing word, an amazing testimony of the difference that faith has made. You know, when you see somebody who's a three-time Super Bowl champion, Ring of Honor member, on the cusp of the NFL Hall of Fame, you just kind of think, wow, it just, it just happened. And the thing that I have taken away from this weekend and the time that I've gotten to visit with Darren is that it does just happen step by step by step, day by day by day. And so we are so, so incredibly grateful to Darren for his time, for being willing to speak into the life of our church and cannot wait to see what God does with what happened here today in the days and weeks and months going forward. We also have a winner for the tickets to a Dallas Cowboys football game this year when they are winning the Super Bowl. I'm just claiming it. I'm just putting it out. The winner in this service for the Dallas Cowboys football tickets are is Lindsay Lang. Where's Lindsay Lang? Where's Lindsay? Lindsay, congratulations. Lindsay, right down here on the corner is Deanne Wilson in this lovely fuchsia top. Deanne, would you stand up in your fuchsia? Lindsay, look for the fuchsia. She'll be right here at the front, and she will get you taken care of when we dismiss in just a couple of minutes. Now, today is a very special day. In addition to having Darren Woodson, we are celebrating baptism. We're celebrating baptism, and we're celebrating burgers right after this service. Burgers are for everybody who sticks around for the baptism. So we will have mighty fine burgers out there. We're going to be baptizing on the front porch. And today, we haven't done this in a long time. If you would like to be baptized but haven't signed up yet, you can still get baptized today. This is a statement of faith if you have a relationship with Christ. We're going to have people outside in this lobby. Everybody point this way. Everybody point that way. When you walk out into this lobby and take a ride, there's a place called The Hub. If you would like to be baptized, there will be people there who would love to have a conversation with you. We have shorts, t-shirts, towels, the whole shoot match. If you would like to be baptized right after this service, right before you get a mighty fine burger, that'll be happening right after the service. I believe that's it. Very good. I want to remind you about the back to school blessing two weeks from right now. We'll have a very special guest, Candace Cameron Bure, will be in the house. And just so you know, let me remind you why we do this. This is an amazing opportunity to hear from an amazing person and to invite someone you know who doesn't yet know just how extravagantly God loves them. They will hear the gospel if you invite them, if I invite them. We invited them here today. That's why we do what we do. Everything we're about is to grow the community of Christ one life at a time. Everything. So we look forward to seeing you next weekend. I'm going to come back. I'll be preaching next weekend, and then we will kick off with our back-to-school blessing on August the 13th. Right now, we're going to have a word of prayer. We are sending out our elementary school and middle school camps this week. They leave tomorrow. 
We're going to have a special word of prayer for them. So if you would stand to your feet, and let's pray together as these students and kids go out to camp this coming week. Dear Heavenly Father, in this moment, we pause to say thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for what you have spoken into each and every life here today through Darren Woodson, through Mike Ward, through the worship. And Father, as we send out Jolt and United Camps this week for elementary school and middle school students, we ask God that you would go with them. Give them traveling mercies. Keep them safe. And Father, we pray that you will do what only you can do in every life of every student who's at camp this week. Move in their lives, God. Help them to grow more and more in love with you, more and more into who you created them to be. May we be the church that they want to be a part of. May we be the place where they discover their own personal relationship with you and grow in that relationship to carry them through a lifetime. This is our prayer. We pray, God, in the name that is above every name, your son, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Have a great week, and we'll see you out on the porch in just a minute.